For more than 25 years, Deanna Batdorf has been disrupting the status quo of health. She is a passionate Ayurvedic practitioner, my body educator, and lymphatic specialist whose mission is to empower you to take control of your own wellness. Welcome to My Body with Deanna Batdorf, an Ask Me Anything podcast where Deanna gives you answers to your most pressing health and wellness questions. Along the way, Deanna will interview those who inspire her work as a holistic wellness practitioner, from birth workers to herbalists, yogis to MDs. You'll learn how to bring your body to a state of balance in this wild dance of life. Submit your questions on our website, dianaessentials.com. Look for the form at the bottom of the front page. No question is TMI for Deanna to answer. Good morning. It is a lovely, starting to get sunny morning out here in Northern California. I am Andrea and I'll be helping out with asking Deanna everything. And here is Deanna Batdorf with me. She is an amazing Ayurvedic practitioner and uh, founder and owner of Deanna Center. How are you doing today, Deanna? I'm doing really good. I'm going with the flow of just life happening. I was really excited to see how many questions we had. Like we're even going to have to get right into it today. And it's exciting that people are chiming in. And some of these are really, really, well, all of them are good questions. But there's a couple Mm -hmm. that I think really speak to some truths that don't get discussed a lot. So I'm excited to be in support. This is great. So yeah, let's get in it. Our first question comes from Ruth. Ruth says, I have been diagnosed with SIBO. And what is the Ayurvedic lens on managing SIBO or how to get rid of it? Okay. So first thing we want to really break down is this idea of SIBO being a bacteria. Bacterias don't do good in acidic terrains. So we first want to be just like, what is it? It's a type of bacteria that's growing. It can be presented in the mouth and it gets down into often the esophagus and into the stomach. And then it obviously the stomach leads to the intestines. So you can get it there too. But it likes to hang out in the acidity and live on your hydrochloric acid in your stomach. And so it gives a lot of Well, this brings up another thing is like the stomach speaks within an hour of eating. So if you bloat or cramp or get heated or whatever happens, symptomology there is within an hour in our transit time in the GI tract. So if you're having responses immediately and you're just responding to just about any food that you eat and you're just like, what the heck? I can't even track this because this is what I hear with SIBO. I can't even track my food. You know, I'm eating alkaline. But really, it's making sure you have enough enzymes to munch away at that bacteria because those transform, enzymes transform and digest that bacteria. So these are some of the things I think of with that. It's like we've got an alkalizing agent called pepsin in the stomach, and then we also have this acidic, which is not a bad word. It's just heat versus cold, hot and cold. You know, we need balance. And that's the hydrochloric acid. And so first things first, you want to build up a really strong immunity. And this speaks to even a stronger moment in time. You know, it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not. We all need to be taking care of our immune systems. I've been saying that for 33 years, but now everyone seems to be able to hear me. (laughs) I'm like, great, we've arrived. (laughs) We know there's a little system and it's immunity, but this goes to probiotics. Talia Lutzker, who is Ayurveda every day, dear, dear, dear sister, colleague, friend. She knows of a woman owned company and it's called, I believe it's Proflora 4R and it's for rejuvenate and regenerate and restore, you know, all the R's. She's made an amazing probiotic and Talia told me about it. And I started playing with it. She left me some samples and I was like, wow, that really calmed me down. And it really did coat everything. And that's how we build immunity is through being nourished. 
So let's remember the SIBO is like bacteria that's eating away literally at your tissue. It's hot and it's gonna just collect hot. So you wanna watch your acidic food. You wanna watch your sugars. You wanna be careful. Treat it like fungus. We know with yeast, it's sugar-free diet. Actually, sugar-free diet is for every microbe we could talk about. The more pitta, toxicity, microbe you have, infection, virus, bacteria, fungal, doesn't matter. You need to make sure you have the immunity to fight it and to digest it and to also learn it. So let's remember probiotics are also your education of your immunity. Like, oh, I figured out how to digest you because I had the energy and the strength to do it. And so now when you come along SIBO, I'm going to be able to say, oh, I already know how to digest you. And it's going to call on your BNT cells to come to your rescue and digest it accordingly because we hold that memory. So immunity has memory. And I think that's really cool. And we want to think about that when we're trying to get rid of something like a bacteria. So some of the things I just mentioned, probiotic, and I mean it seriously, like I would take two of those a day and let's get serious about probiotic. If you're going to commit It's a three, four month journey. I always say three bottles, think three bottles. And you're going to have to put it like in the forefront of your refrigerator, which is what I do. I put it right smack in the middle and I leave it there, even if it's in the way, but you're going to stay with it. You're building a colony. It takes time. You can't expect them to just work. They have to coat and create a whole community. I can't say enough about that, but the other one is the enzymes. So you can take an enzyme supplement and there's a lot of great ones on the market. It's not really my shtick. (laughs) So I can't tell you which one. And I like community market in our town because you can go and you can really trust that somebody that works there is going to give you great advice. Or honestly, the things on the shelf already are good advice. So you have to keep that in mind. They're like, oh, these local health food stores, the buyers are really specific. So you're going to get a good enzyme if you go somewhere like that. But say you squeeze a lime, lemon, orange, grapefruit, that peel that you are throwing away because I can't give it to my chickens and it's not good long-term in compost. (laughs) So what am I doing with that? It's funny. It can't be utilized because guess what? It's medicine. (laughs) It has a whole different function than throw it away. See what I mean? Like I can't even throw it away. I have to wonder. Mm -hmm you know? Um, And so what I do is I slice those peels really, really thin, as thin as I can do it. And then I lay them on a cookie sheet. I put it on warm or low, and then I just Mm -hmm. roast it until it is deep, dry, brown, caramelized, roasted grapefruit peel, roasted orange peel. We sell, right? Grapefruit peel. Don't I sell one of those because Mm -hmm. I'm so into it, but nobody buys it. This is why I'm telling hmm. you, right? They don't know how to use it. <laughs> it really, I know. I can't wait to do more education on our products because that's where we're going. Mm-hmm. Giving you more info on those products. Why do I sell what I sell? I'm very specific. I've got very specific medicine. Everywhere you go, there's a reason why I have that product. You know, you want any spice in the world, like go to your grocery store. But Anyway, grapefruit peel, orange peel, you have no idea what you're missing and how enzymatic, antibacterial, antifungal, brilliant citrus peel is for that because they're bitter, sour, astringent. And bitter, sour, astringent binds bacteria, digests its liquid form, and then allows you to get it out of your body. So it's cleansing without being drying. Like lemon juice is more drying than lemon peel. And you can see there's fiber in the peel. That's going to be more nourishing. But that is probably one of my favorites. And you make a tea with that and it's just rich, amber, orange. I mean, it just turns this color. You're like, whoa, what have I been missing? And I do a lot of those peels. I grind them in a powder. I sell it in a powder. And you just Mm -hmm. throw it in marinades or just a little teaspoon in yogurt and let it sit a couple days and it just transforms it. Put the fresh zest in after I soaked it for a couple days with the roasted. And then I have like lemon yogurt, lime yogurt, grapefruit yogurt. And that way I'm putting enzymes into something enzymatic. If you're trying to be sugar-free, you might not be doing yogurt, but yogurt has a lot of enzymes. I just wish we could get it raw. Who is going to put raw yogurt on the market? 
It's easy to make. So that's what I say with SIBO. And then the question was, are you vetic? So I just gave you the, what does it need in the Rasa's astringent sour bitter, but Ayurved looks at sugars as something that is taking up space and eating up your probiotic. So it's eating your flora, which is basically where your probiotics live. And it's chomping and eating away at your energy. It's stealing energy. It's stealing longevity. And bacteria talk loud. When you have SIBO, I mean, like you put something in that didn't work and man, it talks. Or your bed says the louder it talks, the quicker it talks, the more something really needs to change. And then you'd start saying, okay, how do I stop feeding the bacteria? And then what is going to digest the bacteria? So you don't want to just be like cleanse, cleanse, cleanse. Cause guess what? You could dry it all out and then you get nourished again. And then it just reinvents itself. So you want to make Mm -hmm. sure you flush it out to you really give it the time it needs and digest it on demand. I make great blends for SIBO. Really, really get a custom blend with essential oils. I'm sorry, but that would be the way to go. And that way you've got those essential oils to just really work it out. Palo Santo Mm -hmm. or Spike Nard, if you just want a single friend, you know, some Palo Santo, one drop a day, strong stuff in your belly button. Spike nard would be more like six drops a day, but it's more common to find. I think I'm out of Palo Santo right now, but I think I have Spike nard. But Palo Santo, I'm kind of on and off with the market because I'm always looking for the right stuff. Right. Not just mm-hmm. any old Palo Santo I can get my hands on. My essential oils, I mean, I might run out. You'll see. I run out of things, but I'm specific about where my sources are. Would you like to study Ayurveda and elemental theory with Deanna? check out my body educational programs on our website, dianaessentials.com. All right. Thank you. Next question is from a person named Julia. Julia says, my sister has PCOS and she has had incredibly painful periods. And the doctors keep letting her know that nothing can be done. She's given up on family and children and opting for surgery is her last resort. What is your experience navigating alternative or whole medicine interventions in a situation like this? She's not trusting that herbs could work. So this is Julia's sister. Okay, so PCOS is basically polycystic ovarian syndrome. So let's first know that this is a cystic, polycystic, and then it's talking ovary. So sometimes when I ask somebody which one of your ovaries is most affected or which one has a cyst, really kind of tragic to me how many women can't tell me which ovary like they weren't told Mm. so I usually have to help people track it by pain and different things to find out where that is this is a very involved question that is a tricky one to answer and the reason for that is because it's being answered for somebody in your life who has some herbal resistance (laughs) let's just frame that you know my family loves me and totally gives me the respect of like, you are who you are and you do what you do. And they use different plants that I've proven they need in their cupboard. And so now they use them for years because I've proven that they're allies to them, but it's not like they come to me for every little thing. They go to their doctor, (laughs) like so many other people. So I have to know with family that I'm not in charge of them or their choices. And it's not my job to change their mind. And they might need to just go down the journey they're going. We need to have a remembering that everybody gets to decide. And not everybody's going to decide or go herbal or go natural. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to just be honest. I think that's okay because I'm judging otherwise by my own choices. And I can't be judging people by my own choices. That's where we start gaslighting and all kinds of tricky things that are very inappropriate. So you have to be willing to be in witness and be like, how can you go to this person and say, Mm -hmm. I have ideas and I'd love to help you. And I'm going to give you an essential oil to be the like proof. You can give a great little proof oil. And if they can do it for 10 days, they might be able to prove that herbs can work. And so I'll give you one of those, but I'll say, I have something that if you're willing to try it for 10 days, It'll tell you if it works or not. I'm giving you a safe plant. You need to educate. 
Like you're not going to give them a plant that's going to throw off some med they're on or throw off their whole life. You're just going to give them something that's maybe effective. And I would go with cystic here. Cystic is inflamed. It's like having an internal boil. People get them in their chests and their breasts. They're connected to the lymph system. So I could go off on like, what if you gave her my lymphatic webinar that explains cystic and explains the lymph and what's really swelling and hurting. The lymph could change if she could start touching herself, scrubbing, gua sha, pumping, abiongo oiling. I mean, that changes cystic because fire's trapped and it needs to flow. Or you could do the one essential oil wonder. Be like, oh, can I give some proof here? And that would absolutely hands down be frankincense. Anything cystic, it is the go-to start. It's also very good for SIBO in case that was in your cupboard. Same as the spikenard. But here's a whole nother reason. It's inflammation and it's an internal boil. That frankincense goes in as an anti-inflammatory bitter. It's cooling, cleansing, and it tonifies and flushes out all of the fire trapped in that area. It's kind of like going in a cold plunge and it tonifies you back and flushes mm. everything out. And Frankie is so good at that. So good and so sacred and is known in so many religions and so many cultures that it's also a very familiar plant. Like even if somebody only has lavender in their cupboard or has nothing, they know the word frankincense. Why? Because it was given a baby Jesus, frankincense and myrrh. By the way, the little plant in his hand was spikenard. That's the trying. So just... So, you know, that little plant, you're like, here's the myrrh and frankincense tears, the resin. But what was that plant? Took me a while to figure that out. I kept saying, what's the plant in his hand? (laughs) Just keep that in mind. And maybe, you know, you're going to need 10 drops of frankincense two times a day, right on the ovaries, 10 drops, ovaries, which are right at the hips, just the inside of the hips and boom, two times a day. I'm telling you that frankincense is going to rock someone's world in literally 10 days. May not change everything forever, but it might make you wonder what else can you do herbally that could change your experience. Most people who don't want to use herbs and want to go medical, there's just an innate First off, it might just be your jam. It might be the direction that you're you feel connected to. And there's, again, nothing wrong with that. I mean, these are all options. You know, we all get to be in our options. But a lot of times it's just the fear of like, I don't even know really what I have. And all I know is I'm in pain and I'm scared and pain brings on fear. So this person also has to be related to is like pain is fear. So they're running fear in their boundaries of like, I can't do herbs. I think I should do the surgery. But sometimes I'll be with a client and I'm like, they're not going to be able to do the 10 day challenge. They're not going to be able to change their food. They don't want to. (laughs) Then what am I worried about? I might say, you know, it might be a smart thing to just do that surgery. Maybe they've tried everything. Mm -hmm. At some point, when are you going to give yourself some relief? Because living in pain, that is hard on the body. So when is the relief smarter? People have surgeries and they live to, you know, way beyond a hundred. So there's nothing wrong with that. We know how to cleanse after that. And again, it may be the smartest longevity option. And then do herbs from there. There's things to do after surgery too. But cystic is a big deal. And this is really common with yeast. So that's the only other layer I'm going to put in there is we do know, or I know, that the majority of women, and I have touched thousands and thousands of breasts and chests, literally thousands. I am such a lucky, lucky human to be able to share such intimate space with people. I just find that so precious. And I have touched thousands of ovaries and uteruses. And it is just really important to see that we get more cystic when we have yeast. And the way I started tracking that was there's so much cystic activity when we went to do all that research at the Women's Herbal Symposium. It was just like 73% of the women have a cyst in their breasts or chest. Wow, that's major. And then I started tracking that according to yeast. 
And then I started to say, wait a minute, my number one marker for yeast in a client is cystic acne, cystic acne. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, cystic fungal. And so that's a whole nother part of this. But again, can your sister hear that? Is that the direction she's going to go? Maybe give her a symptom list of what yeast feels like in the body and see if she feels that way. Sometimes symptoms Mm -hmm. and tracking Mm -hmm. symptoms can really lead to herbs. But if I was going to try to really convince this person, which is not my thing, but it would be like, what plant can I give them? Will they try it for 10 days? And if it Mm -hmm. changes their health, it might change their mind about herbs and then slow we go. Great. Well, I... Wish her the best. Mm-hmm. Our next question comes from Jana. And Jana says, my periods are getting lighter and lighter. She's an unvaccinated 39-year-old. She was on herbal remedies to increase her hormonal balance for a year and stopped the remedy. Now she's inching backwards to a two-day bleed and then tapers off to a one-day bleed and drops off. The blood is dry and scant. She's concerned that she would not be able to conceive. And she's wondering whether laptop exposure is affecting her hormonal cycles. What herbs and remedies could she start doing to increase her uterine lining? Well, first off, I love that she knows that her uterine lining needs to get juicy and really be viable. Because really, why do we menstruate? Why does a female reproductive menstruate. We make hormones that could build a baby. And if you're not building a baby, we got to get those hormones out of us. (laughs) And we fill up with those hormones as a lining that is connected by blood vessels. And that's why we then move it out as a liquid blood. So the first thing is a very important thing word I just used, which is liquid. Blood is a liquid. (laughs) So you have to be hydrated enough and you have to have enough storage of hydration in your pelvic floor and all the lymph in the pelvic floor has to be moving because our hormones go through the lymph to not only get where they need to go in the body, but to get out of the body. I'm not a huge fan of Wi-Fi and I can just track cell phone exposure to thyroid and brain tumors like in a second. And there's a lot of research being done on it. So I think we're going to have to get a little more savvy on making sure these things are not permeable through our tissue, but they are. They didn't design these waves to not be permeable. So I think we're going to see that advancement because I think it's going to be demanded. I think there's a connection here to the laptop, but if we go back to the lymph and the lymph has to flow for the hormones to get out or to build good, healthy flow of blood. We're back to the trina hydration. And Jana, I know you, you live in a dry place and you travel. So it's like, you're going to have to double up or triple up on some of that hydration to stay juicy because you live in the desert. This is an important detail to think about. And then I'm going to go back to that limp in the hips. Computer is sitting. So that's why right now I've got a raised area now. And I'm really all about standing more and stretching more and doing all these things because boom, you're sitting in here and we're stopping the flow of our lower lymph. So I feel like the lymph needs to move more. I also think there's some really great crystals that you could put in front of you at your computer. Mm. Crystals, literally, boom, they're inert. And that's including a salt crystal, like a pink light. Please look for them in the thrift stores because the pink lights are in the thrift stores. People don't keep those forever and they're still viable. They're still a chunk of salt. (laughs) And we don't want to be buying those new. You want to see the crystal lights in my computer? Hold on. I'm going to go get it. Yeah, I seriously do this. That is gorgeous. (laughs) The more smoky, the more black it's in there, the more carbon. Carbon, I learned this. Tibetan medicine, carbon absorbs negative energy. They use it for demons to store the demons. If you're doing any kind of releasing with someone, we put these on the body and it absorbs it, but it is so good. And it fits right in between my hands. So I can still boom, 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 boom. But I've got this here. So don't want to get too off track, but These are things to think of, like how are you going to change your connection to your laptop? If you're even wondering about whether the laptop's doing that, I can almost guarantee you it is on some level. 
because mm. it's you know it's not just really a wondering we have wonderings for a reason <laughs> i think you should trust that question you can also wear crystals you can put them in your pockets there's so many things you could do and then really i know i'm going back to hydration and lymph and maybe jana's like give me something new okay blue cypress i'll give you something new this needs blue cypress and it needs blue cypress with vitex not tincture it's too dry i'm sorry i just love this plant and it's too dry as a tincture and then it doesn't do its juicy job when i started getting vitex and i sell it as essential oil which is not easy to find it was like a game changer it took me a couple of years to figure out the dose it's very potent very strong so it's quite worth the money you only need two drops morning and night two drops I'll put it on your inner thigh, put it on your hips and you're reproductive. But that is an amazing, amazing regulator. And I put it with the blue cypress because blue cypress is so cooling. And if you do have any inflammation that is changing this cycle, that blue cypress is an anti-inflammatory. It's nourishing, it's tissue mending. It's a regulator for the hormones you know, for the whole intricate system. So that would be brilliant. And the blue cypress, it's going to be like a 10 drops. You're going to need a higher dose with that. Vitex is tiny, but you could do like, let's do this. Eight drops of blue cypress with two drops of vitex because they smell so good together. And they're just like this perfect mm. hot and cold make warm. And that's your uterus right down the middle of your body. It's warm down the middle. And oh, it smells good. But that would be the medicine... I would do. And then you'd have to look at adrenals. How's the adrenals playing out? Because the more adrenaline, the hotter and drier you run. I hope that helps. I know I went back to the drawing board, but when I see some of these questions, it just kind of lends to what's missing in the innate terrain because hormones, they yeah. love to flow. They just need a running river <laughs> to do it. And that river is the mm -hmm. land. Submit your questions on our website, dianaessentials.com. Look for the form at the bottom of the front page. Our next question comes from Mark. He says, I'm 56 and starting to see that his erections are getting softer and he doesn't arouse as easily as he did in his 40s. He doesn't have heart disease and he's in a healthy relationship with a new younger partner. He's concerned that he might not be able to satisfy her or be late to the show. Does he just accept this as age or what else could he be looking at? His doctors want to put him on Cialis and he's concerned for the side effects. He also wants to treat the symptoms and the root cause. So he wonders what should he be looking into with this? Love this question. Thank you for some just reality check on the truth of what male counterparts have to address as they get a little bit older. And it is just the truth of so many men confide truths with me. I feel so lucky for that, that I have a large clientele of male and female and everything in between. <laughs> but this becomes a question of like, where do they even ask this question where it's okay and it's not intimidating or weird or sexualized? This is a real problem. So thank right. you so much. I am so proud of you for coming forward and asking this question. And with that, I think there is some innate concepts of age. I really think that that has to be considered, but I do think as much as my eyes have gone weak and I wear glasses now, I still am only in readers and I'm staying at the same exact low dose in my readers. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing that now for 12 years. You know what I mean? So what do we do to sustain our longevity and preserve ourselves? And one thing I really want to bring forward, and I don't give this remedy lightly, but I do give it to a lot of men at this age. It's preservation related. Please get a really beautiful one, but it's royal jelly. Royal jelly is precious to the hive. So you can't take it out of the hive and it survives. So it has to be harvested properly. And there's companies that literally are just doing royal jelly ethically. But I really would consider royal jelly. And I would go in, the older I get, the more honey 
is just become this like, whoa, is there anything more preserving than honey? I am so into it. I have a bee tattooed on my neck and I also have two bee boxes outside making honey right now. Mm. So I'm into it. Really, it's about preservation. Royal jelly is taken one capsule a day and you can pair it with a trine of rebuilders. It's another trine. I've been trying to figure out how to do another little ebook on this, but it's all tissue preservation. Mm-hmm. Collagen, hyaluronic acid, and lecithin. Lecithin is runny egg yolks and sunflower seed. Hyaluronic acid is anything that has a saturated fat, right? And we can only do so much of those. And then you've got your collagen, which is kind of in anything protein related And then the fattier the protein, the more collagen is there. So if you eat meat, the go-to is bone broth to cover the trine. A cup of bone broth a day covers the trine of collagen, hyaluronic acid, and lecithin. But you can find those in food sources and look up those food sources and you'll be able to just eat those for better preservation. So I really want to talk about this because not only are you lowering in your hormones because men go through the time of change also. So hormones are changing and we can't just boost your hormones. They become inflammatory and they attack and they can cause a lot of autoimmune disorders. So you don't want to beef up on your hormones. You want to really get more into the preservations. Uh, Seaweed is another preserver. So really I'm going to the big picture right now. The big picture is we get drier the older we are. The older we go, the closer to the ethers, inevitably we will be there. (laughs) My other, oh, love, love, love is Shu Wu Qi. It's a Chinese male virility syrup that you can get in any little Asian market that has their medicine section. Some people don't love Shu Wu Qi in the syrup because there's white sugar in it. I'm one of those where I'm like, it's so little bit every day, but it's just like this prized phenomenal formula that's kind of worth it and a lot of men want something quick to do you know tablespoon of that in the morning tablespoon of that at night it is brilliant and you can also like throw it in with some mineral water or put it into aloe if you run more pitta and it just makes this beautiful kind of cordial syrup drink shu wu chi yeah brilliant male virility i believe they make it in capsules also But I think there's something about having it with, you know, maybe you do it in a little honey tea type of thing. That's another virility that is just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And then I'm going to go another direction here because those are some good remedies, right? Those are some good starter remedies. But I'm going to go a different direction in this question real quick, which is patience. So yes, it's going to take you longer to get juicy, And I just want you to know you're not alone. It takes longer for women to get juicy the older they get to. And erection is the juicy of the male. (laughs) We know we're getting more juicy. We're all wet. (laughs) So we're like literally more juicy, you know? And so it's easy, but it's hard sometimes for us to relate to like being juiced up there is what brings the blood flow to those muscles and conjures up those nerves, tissues, and becomes an erection. So really important. I could go back to lymph all over the hips. The more flow you got, the more juice you got. And the quicker you're going to be on demand, you know, whenever you want. And that's kind of what they're saying. Well, if you want to be on demand, we got Cialis but it is really hard on the kidneys and it's super dry and it is not helping you to get juicy in the long run. So I just want to talk about patience and like loving that space up. And maybe you share with your partner, really sensual massage, make a beautiful cinnamon lickable honey since honey is good for you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like literally, because I talk about these, you know, honey lickable cinnamon and cardamom are aphrodisiacs. So you could do a cinnamon cardamom honey. You know, you don't have to put like a whole bunch on there. You can like put it in a mister with some water. Ooh, you know what I mean? Play. I'm talking about foreplay. (laughs) Isn't that a great word? Foreplay. If you have someone younger, you want to really consider that like play is youth. So you want to meet that youth with like, 
play and lickables and hold on a minute, honey, I'm going to go over here and light the candle. And then you've got like a whole plate of candles and you light them and it's like <gasps> illuminates the room. And like, you got to build an experience if you want to build up your juice. And if you need a little more time, you need to buy time for play. <laughs> and you could think more about her pleasure and then see if her arousal starts really taking you into yours. So, you know, you don't want to just kind of be thinking about, oh my gosh, I can't make this happen. You don't want to just sit and get stuck in that place. You want to be like, this isn't happening right now. Let me make it happen with you, you know? And then all of a sudden you're all, whoa, that worked for me. And then things look really different. So there might be a bigger mm -hmm. issue here, but it might just be that you have to be more patient with yourself and you need more time to get more juicy. And uh, you can just be really good at spending your time wisely. I love pleasure and love making and intimacy. It is such a precious, important part of our life. If you don't have a partner, you get to do that with yourself. I know it's different than with somebody else, but it can still be pretty spectacular to be able to find that love with yourself. Yeah. Can't go wrong playing with pleasure. That's no. for sure. All right. So our next question comes from Anastasia in South Africa. Anastasia wonders, what are the best herbs or essential oils to use in Anubhasana Basti? This one would have been good for me to be a little more prepared, but it's good to see that I too have to kind of remember things as I go. So I believe it's a salted oil enema. If I'm wrong, because I just tried to look it up and couldn't find it quickly, I am sorry. But I believe that's what it is. I don't give a lot of oil enemas to people. I'll make this quick why, but they really are quite messy and they're challenging. So it's like you're going to be, you know, moving gas with oil coming out of your body for maybe a couple days <laughs> and there's going to be some leakage and some issues. And so you need to have some old linens around and old towels around and maybe wear a pad. And that's why I don't remember this as much from my early classical days, because I've more become so user-friendly with what really can serve my client and not change their whole entire life. So that's my thing right. about oil enemas. And so I'm probably not the most versed Ayurvedic practitioner in oil enema, but I guess I could probably answer this in, I love using electrolytes for enemas, which is any salt. Unfortunately, in Ayurved, they often use rock salt and rock salt is not always straight from the ocean. It might be like a sea salt. Uh, so you want to get like the name of an ocean and a true salt like Mediterranean or Atlantic or Celtic or Sonoma. Electrolytes are really good at keeping everything like really nourished. So oil is nourishing and electrolytes are nourishing. So this is a very nourishing, soak your pan type of enema. And I love that. And, it, and it's often done in less, like whereas a water concentrate, I'll do three to four cups. With an oil enema, you're doing maybe one cup. Or what I like to do is an implantation. And that's where you just take one ounce in a little syringe, no needle top. So don't get too freako there, but you know, in like a syringe or a little bulb and you just insert it, you just flush it into your system and it's just enough to kind of soak your pan and absorb all that oil. And then it's not quite as messy for a few days. So I do like this. And then what herbs do we put in there? Well, if you're dealing with SIBO or a bacteria, this is where traditionally mugwort would be well used. And the other one that's in my hair today California white sage. In fact, any sage, even rubbing sage in your kitchen. So sage and mugwort would be two of the most widely used plants for a cleansing bacteria or fungus uh, enema. And that could be making a mugwort tea or sage tea and putting it in water and doing the water flush, or it could go in that oil and then you would be medicating your oil. And if I was gonna do a cup of oil, in this Basti, I would probably do six drops of mugwort, but you would be doing that maybe every two weeks. You know, you wouldn't want to be doing that too much. You could take one drop of mugwort every day if you knew you had a bacteria. 
Mugwort is not safe for pregnancy and you do need to use it in low dose. So it's kind of a tricky one for me to throw out there. Mugwort tea would be a safer way to talk about this. And sage tea, you know, like that's what I'm doing with the rest of this today. I took off the top and put it in my hair because it was just so cute. But Mm -hmm. I'm taking this and I'm making my enema with seaweed. So I'm making seaweed and white sage Mm -hmm. enema solution. And I'm going to do three days of enemas because I've been lacking on the enema zone (laughs) and I'm a big fan Mm -hmm. of them, but I've been kind of, I've been moving, so I have not been doing enemas. (laughs) So I thought it'd be a good way to cleanse and transition. And so this is some of the things I'd think of. How nourishing do you want to make this Basti? Do bala oil. Ashwagandha bala oil, super nourishing. If you get constipated, you could do licorice. Uh, You have to strain these plants out of the oil. So you cook it in the oil and, you know, and then you would strain it and then use it. But licorice and bala and ashwagandha are super nourishing. The reason you'd be doing an oil enema is to nourish. I wouldn't really be Mm -hmm. using an oil enema so much to cleanse because we don't nourish and cleanse at the same time. So this is a nourishing enema. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to use the Atlantic gray salt that you might be taking as your electrolytes, then you're probably going to do about a teaspoon of salt to each ounce of oil. So that would be an easy three, four teaspoons of salt in your one cup. Yeah. Otherwise you're not going to be able to absorb or have enough electrolytes to absorb it. Special thanks for the music and talents of Gents Jarvey. You can hear him on Spotify or on his website, J-E-N-S-J-A-R-V-I-E and theheartwideopen.com. All right, our next question comes from Loretta. She's very happy to find you available online and misses seeing you uh, at Women's Herbal Symposium. Thank you, Loretta. So she and her daughter have low blood pressure and low temperatures and wonders what you might recommend to help with that when they get sick. Their temperatures go down mostly to 96 or lower. What do you recommend when it happens? And thank you. First thing I think of for low blood pressure is either Tulsi tea or I think of basil pesto. And you can do that with olive oil and lemon rind and some pumpkin seeds and leave the Parmesan out and you would just have a great medicinal pesto. But basil Mm -hmm. is amazing for building blood pressure in a healthy way, which means it'll never go high. It'll become cleansing and sweat out excess before it'll ever go high blood pressure. So it's very safe, but you could be living Mm -hmm. on basil pesto and you'd be getting a very high dose of basil and you'd be getting a basil essential oil. Cause if you can smell a plant fresh Mm -hmm. and if you can get a little smell on your hand, guess what's on your fingers. That's essential oils, the aromatic volatile gases of the plant. So you'd be getting just the right dose and you know, pesto is good on, eggs and greens in the morning. And it's great in some quinoa. It's amazing. If you add more olive oil or apple cider vinegar to it, it actually makes a really light, beautiful dressing on a salad. Usually when it gets a little older and I haven't used it, I'll just throw it in and do a marinade. It is so versatile. I mean, basically pesto is the Italian word for a chutney in India. Like everyone's got their sauce or chimichurra or verde you know? So keep in mind, it's anytime you mulch up a bunch of green stuff, (laughs) you could really play with that globally in flavor. Mm -hmm. I would have to say that's my number one. The other one is going to be Kundalini breath. So Kundalini breath is really good at opening up the vasodilators and working the vascular system and getting you to build up your blood supply and hold it better. So you might want to think about a more vigorous form of yoga or breathing exercises. Really, I can't say enough about that. And when your blood pressure goes low, when you're sick, you really should be doing some of that breathing. And the other thing you should be doing is sweating. And if you have low blood pressure, bringing on a sweat is not easy. So it's ginger baths. If you buy that ginger juice, you just put a couple tablespoons of that ginger juice in a bath and you can soak in it, but you can make a ginger tea. 
You could also just grate ginger and throw it in a little satchel and throw that in your tub. But you would want to be doing ginger baths and eating some cayenne and just a taste. You know, you're not burning your mouth. You're eating the amount that really feels right to you. But these are all things that are pungent, right? Ayurved, we're going to be looking at like pungency is what you need. You need to build a healthy fire if your blood pressure is low. And then the other thing, which Loretta, I am sure you've heard this from again, and I say it every thing I do, but we're back to the trine of hydration. <laughs> Water volume is blood pressure. When their tides are high at the ocean, there's pressure in the environment. When the tides are low, there's low pressure in the environment. Blood pressure is water volume. So we have to think about hydration because basil's not going to just do it for you. You need to get hydrated. Mm -hmm. And then the basil is going to take it further. The ginger will take it further. And cinnamon is another really brilliant spice that you could be eating that is incredibly good for, again, healthy building of blood pressure. I wouldn't want to give somebody something that would then give them high blood pressure. So I'm giving you all the mm -hmm. safe ones. All right. I think we have time for just one more question. This one comes from Leslie and she's wondering uh, what you advise for aspiring healers, a general question about programs and teachers and schools to really take it to the next level. Many Ayurvedic programs are online, but can you really learn Ayurveda and other healing modalities online? And then is midlife too old to start a career as a healer? These are really good questions. I'm going to first cut to the chase of one of these questions, which is, can you learn this online? Well, now that I'm online, I feel like there's more I can teach online and there's more that can come through than I imagined. So I think there's more that can be done online than you think. I think the challenge with online is that you're not having the hands-on or the interactive experience in, the, in exactly the same way. But mm -hmm. am I excited next year to go back to in-person classes? Because how am I going to teach Pulse online? How am I going to yeah. teach body work online? So any online program you're doing, I'm just going to be honest, you might get great foundations from me, someone else, whatever. But I think there has to be in-person internship. My internship, I have to go back to it. I mean, it, it's imperative yeah. if I want to keep putting practitioners out in the world, it's imperative that you get to have interaction with a client and get comfortable with that terrain and how to even do Q&A or read people's signs and treat them accordingly, mm -hmm. you know, and make sure you follow through with good advice. Those things you need experience. So you want to look for a program that has both. If you were going to do an online program and you're asking the question, which is beyond me. So can I put myself in the mix? Like I have online programs. <laughs> I mean, I'm one of those Ayurvedic places. <laughs> I'm one of those places that have been doing this for a long time. But if you really want to get your hours and become certified, you are looking for a NAMA accredited school. And then if I was going to give you which one do I like? Well, the one that I think is deeply, deeply traditional, and most of them are deeply traditional. So get ready for some heavy Sanskrit to kind of really stain in the vein of just Ayurveda proper, as I like to think of it, traditional classical Ayurveda proper. And if you really want to go down that road, then, you know, Mount Madonna is a great school. I really like it. And I like their teachers. Um, I have many students who have gone there after me or came from there and wanted to really study with me because of my hands-on experience. And because I'm a little bit more out of the box of that straight, classical, traditional Ayurved. I'm more about like mm -hmm. client interaction and like what's going to get this done so this person feels relief. And what have I learned from elemental theory that really allows someone to think about someone's cultural background and how to meet their needs according to who they are. So I don't do classical, traditional Ayurved. I use everything I've learned in a way that's like, how am I going to help this person get better balance and I'll kind of do anything to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'll look at multiple different 
medicines to do it. So if you're looking to start an entire career and you want that certification, because Ayurveda is not licensed, but if you want a certification Mm -hmm. or you want your bachelor's or you want your master's, then you need to go to one of those official schools. And Mount Madonna would be the one I would go to. But I love David Frawley online. I've been following him forever. He is amazing. You're going to have to put in your time just like you would have if you were 20. So can you start something? Mm -hmm. I've seen tons of people start their career with me and have, they're doing massage in their house and making great money. They're doing pulse readings, Ayurvedic consults, three-day retreats and some body work. And they are rocking people's worlds out there and they have a whole career and they make all their money themselves and they book their own schedule and that's perfect for midlife. So it's a matter of just, you know, if you're going to do Ayurvedic consult and just do lifestyle, it's kind of like being an herbalist, which I'm both, but those are hard careers. Herbalist, yoga, Ayurved lifestyle, they're hard careers because you could get a lot of new people, but it's really hard to keep somebody engaged when there isn't like tapping in pulse touch or body work or something Mm -hmm. that is a little bit more tangible that they're receiving. And so that is usually my advice is like, do your hands want to touch people? Do you like that? That's going to be a much easier way to put yourself into the vein of health versus I'm now a life coach. And then that's Mm -hmm. like, okay, but what is that? So you just have to really get clear on what you're defining you offer and where are you taking someone? If it's not touch related, you're going to have to make sure you take them somewhere in like three appointments or you're going to lose them. The tincture has to work. You know, they're not coming back. (laughs) The lifestyle food changes you give them are going to have to work or they're not coming back. And the applications, like if I just started with everyone saying, you know, everybody, you have to do an enema or we're not going to get anywhere. Well, I'm going to lose a lot of clients. I have to work them into those applications of Ayurved. I guess that's some of the things that this question brings up for me. Um, also, Tracy Webb does a beautiful Ayurvedic program that gives you all your hours and sort of certifies you through Nama. She's a really amazing woman and teacher, and she's got a great combination of classical and user-friendly, but it just depends if who you want to learn from and how you want to learn this medicine. I also love Hawthorne Health. If you want to become a nutritionist, Hawthorne Health, Paula Bartholomew. Oh my gosh. I, she was my teacher and she is brilliant and she has an all online. And I'm telling you, she like really does it well. If you like what you heard today, come back in two weeks. We've got a couple more questions we couldn't get to. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit those notifications uh, so that you can know when Deanna will be back. Uh, And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, We've got a lot going on. So keep tabs with us directly by joining our mailing list as well. Uh, Lots of ways to connect. Literally every day I am giving advice tidbits, tips, hints, keeping you inspired and keeping you connected to your elemental self. And that is our health. It doesn't take much. It just takes a little checking in super easy things you could take on. Well, thanks so much. Good to see you again. This is my body, a conversation situated at the intersection of elemental science, self-care, ancient arts, and consent. Deanna Batdorf is your guide.